This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to TMZ Live. Our beloved here. And Babcock here. Charles is back on Monday. Um, I am. Thanks for dressing up. Appreciate it. Yeah, there's this, wait until later in the show. Wait, it'll make sense. We'll explain. (laughs) Uh, Okay, we are going to start with something just out of the blue crazy. Yeah. So, Brandi Glanville, the former uh, housewife, real housewife. Yeah, big star. um, She is threatening to sue Bravo over all sorts of things. This has to do, I'm sure you guys have heard Mm -hmm. um, that there has been this almost campaign of litigation where a couple of lawyers, Mark Garagos and Brian Friedman, yep. have been representing Bethany Frankel and other stars, yep. uh, saying that these reality stars have been abused in various ways um, during their time on the various yep. shows. The latest allegation is Brandy making a, a really serious one against Andy Cohen, wow. who is really um, the steward of these shows, the, the housewife shows. Yep. So she is claiming um, that Andy Cohen sent her um, a video. Uh, We're going to actually read from the letter. This is a threatening letter to Bravo from the lawyers. Miss Glanville herself has been a victim of sexual harassment at Bravo by none other than Andy Cohen. Mm. It goes on. In a video sent by Mr. Cohen to Miss Glanville in 2022... Mr. Cohn, appearing obviously inebriated, boasted of his intention to sleep with another Bravo star that night while thinking of her and inviting her to watch via FaceTime. Wow. That is a really serious allegation. And Andy is the boss. If anyone's not familiar how sort of things work over there, he is the guy. So he has now responded to that uh, in no uncertain terms. Mm -hmm. Here's what Andy said. He acknowledges there's a video. He said the video shows Kate Chastain, who was on Below Deck, uh, and I very clearly joking to Brandy. It was absolutely meant in jest, and Brandy's response clearly communicated she was in on the joke. That said, it was totally inappropriate. And I apologize. And, and, and guys, I was actually just texting with someone who's seen the video themselves as well. They are close to both Andy and Kate, if the best way is to phrase it. And they stand by the fact that this video really is, it appears that Brandy is in on the joke with Kate and Andy. It seems like she's not bothered by the sexual nature of the joke and all of that. So the people around the two... Andy and Kate are kind of shocked that Brandy is leveraging these allegations, has gone this far to hire a lawyer and make this a part of her 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 demand letter. Does if she was in on the joke, does she have the right to change her mind then? 
Because he clearly says it was inappropriate, and he admits that. Well, it is. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Right. You, you know, he is her boss. Right. And but, but can you then change your mind at a later period if you were in on a joke and you thought something was funny in the moment? Well, it's not even necessarily that she changed her mind. I, I want to give Brandy her due here. If someone in a position of authority like Andy Cohen with respect to the housewives makes this kind of joke, it could be that she's saying, I responded like I was in on it to not appear awkward. Right. I, this is a guy who employs me. There is a power dynamic, and she may have actually felt that. That way, and indeed, she has a right to try to prove that if she tries to sue and says this is sexual harassment, and my response may have looked like I was in on the joke, but I wasn't. Right, but mm. uh, you know the way it's cast in the letter, um, in, in the demand letter that the lawyers sent, um, there was no reference to whether it was meant as a joke, whether she received it as a joke. I think what they're saying is you said it, and that is the peril. When you know when you're the the head guy over there. So look, he apologized for it. This is part of a much bigger issue that Brian Freeman and Mark Garagos are taking on. They're they're trying to, I mean, I don't know if the word is unionize. I don't right. think that's the right word, but they are trying to kind of corral all the reality right. stars. You know where? It, look, I mean, and I'm not saying this about Andy Cohen's shows. In reality yeah. television, there's been this thing about fueling people with liquor right. before they go on camera, right. and that's being looked at with a different lens. Uh, they've certainly painted a picture that, that these reality stars have been abused by Bravo. I, mean, I don't think there's any other way to say it. And not just Bravo. Oh. They're saying that this is a much right, bigger right, issue. Right, in the entire industry. Right. So um, there's no lawsuit yet. We don't know if there will be one, uh, but... Um, that is kind of the state right now. Andy acknowledges there was a video, but says he never meant that um, as, you know, something real. Hey, this is Latney. I live in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, as far as the situation concerns, I feel like this is an internal dispute that's going on. They, they accused her of one thing. I feel like she had this in her back pocket and going down the line, it'll be some type of severance or settlement situation where she ends up leaving the show with, you know, whatever money she desires. Well, she's off She's yeah. off Housewives. That long has passed. Right. Still could get a settlement, though, We obviously. will see. Okay. Yeah. We're going down to Australia right now. Um, it's like the place to be, it seems. It is the place to be. <laughs> I got to tell you something. Taylor Swift is not the only huge star at the Taylor Swift concert. Her boyfriend <laughs> is also a Huge star. By the way, wait, Harvey, wait until you hear the reaction that, that Travis got. I mean, they're going crazy for it. Well, him. why don't we just play yeah. the reaction? Wait, wait till you listen. Travis Kelsey owned the joint. Listen to those screams, Harvey. I promise you, a year ago, Travis walks through that Taylor Swift concert. They are not reacting like that. They don't that. know what American they football no, is. Right, they have no idea. <laughs> Who is that guy? And, and he, this guy this guy was handing out friendship bracelets. He was dancing. He was hyping up the crowd. You know what? I, I, and I know she has hundreds of millions of fans, but I, I think they don't always love her boyfriend, but it seems like they really like Travis they for her. Love oh, they Travis. love him, you guys. And it's also, he's like a little competitive with Taylor. I know everyone is there, obviously, to watch her incredible performance, but even during the show and during the concert, people were like turning to Travis with their phones and turning to Taylor. Like they didn't know who to look at, you know, because everyone wants to see 
see Travis's reaction to all of the songs. And of course, he's dancing. He's, you know, taking photos with all the fans, like you mentioned, Harvey. Um, but by the way, he totally was VIP at this concert. He was there. I know, I know. But still, like he is living the dream right now. Yeah. So he was there with Katy Perry, uh, Rita Ora. Like there was a wow. bunch of celebrities there. I think Sabrina Carpenter was on stage performing with Taylor. I mean, it was star studded for Australia. Really big deal. By the way, you mentioned, you mentioned Katy Perry. Yeah. So you know the story, right? Back, we're gonna rewind to 2014 when uh, Taylor Swift um, had backup dancers that had previously worked for Katie. Right, they, they were good friends. Too. They were very yeah. good friends. And then when Katie went on tour, she got the backup dancers that were on Taylor's yeah. team to come back over right. to her. T Taylor basically like accused Katie of, of trying to torpedo a whole big arena tour. Bad Blood yeah. is about <laughs> Katie Perry. Literally about her. They were enemies at a point, and certainly <laughs> Taylor felt that way. Well, Katie Perry was at the concert. Yeah. Guess what Katy Perry was singing? No. <laughs> she Imagine was singing, singing a song. Bad blood. Right, a song that's written about her. They're cool now. They are cool yeah, now. I'd say. Um, by the way, Charlie uh, just mentioned uh, Travis Kelsey is living the dream. Yeah. Look at this hotel room that they have. Uh, it's $25,000 a night. It is two stories. It has a sweeping view wow. of the harbor. And it's just like, it's unbelievable. You really, this you guys, started. This, this place, I mean, Travis has money, like but I don't think he has like Taylor Swift money. Yeah. And this is Taylor Swift money. Like if he stayed here on his own. Well, he could afford it. He makes $24 million. Right. Yeah, he's got a lot it of endorsements would hurt. It would now. hurt. By the way, remember, he's got a wingman with him during yeah. this whole like tour. He's at the Best Western. Is he, <laughs> is he not staying here? Like I hope. That's so sad. There he is in the, uh, no, the red hat. He's one of his teammates. But, <laughs> yeah, Ross but I mean, this is just. This, Harvey, this all started. He Travis just was hoping to meet Taylor. He went to like a show at right. in Philadelphia. Right. to give her a friendship. Yeah. And now look where he it's is. Unbelievable. Hi, it's Wade Lucas in Sacramento. I think common denominator. This is two people doing healthy relationship things. Taylor came and supported him. Travis is naturally going to go and support her. I am living for this couple. Well, I got to tell you real quick. Um, on Monday night on Fox at nine o'clock. 8 Central, we have a documentary on Taylor and Travis. And one of the premises is that, look, the two of them have had a lot of relationships over the years. Public and they ones. And they didn't work out. This one is working out. There is a reason, there is a difference with this relationship from all the others. We're gonna explore that. We have Dr. Phil on and Mark Cuban on, Skip Bayless on. Uh, Mike Babcock. Uh, Mike Babcock is on. <laughs> we, it's Patty Stanger it's, it's, is on. It's really great. We have a lot of people. It's a great documentary. It's on Monday night. Fox um, on uh, at 9 o'clock, 8 central. It's called Taylor and Travis, Ultimate Love Story. So, um, boy, this, it, it, as if Wendy Williams isn't going through it enough and her family, uh, there is a new twist to this story. So let me walk you through it. There is a woman, you know there's a lifetime uh, special, a documentary on Wendy's life and the struggles right. that she's been going through. She's been 
diagnosed with aphasia and dementia. It's, mm -hmm. a, it's exactly what Bruce Willis is going through. Right. And there is a financial guardianship that we're told is in place because Wendy really cannot take care of her own affairs. Right. There is a woman named Sabrina Morrissey, and Sabrina Morrissey is saying that she is a temporary guardian of Wendy's. Right. Whether she is the guardian that I just mentioned to handle her financial affairs, we don't know because that's all under seal. Now, Sabrina has gone to court and is asking, has asked a judge to issue a restraining order preventing Lifetime from airing mm. this documentary, which is supposed to air tomorrow night. It's, yep. it's the first of two parts. Right, Lifetime. And um, they're going after A&E, um, which is the parent company of Lifetime. So we found out that the temporary restraining order, very unsurprisingly, has been rejected mm. because the way the law works, it is almost impossible to get a restraint and to get a judge to stop a television right. program. Theoretically, the judge could have ordered it not to air tomorrow. It's Saturday. called prior right. restraint. Right. And it's almost impossible right. to get that. So there's a couple of things. We don't really know the grounds on which she is seeking to have the court stop it. Presumably, she's arguing that uh, by virtue of the documentary, something false is in the documentary. That would be the only thing to argue. But even then, to your point, Harvey, it's almost impossible to get a court to say, I will not allow speech to go forward. What happens is the speech goes forward. You can sue them afterwards if there's defamatory con uh, content right, in right, there. Right. But you can't do it, as you said. It's not prior restraints are frowned upon. Yeah, they're highly frowned mm. upon. It's interesting, Harvey, because I, I do know the people who made the doc, they said, look, we set out to make you know, tell story A, but the story led them in a different direction, obviously with all the health issues that we've talked about. So it seems like they might have gotten it signed off on. We, we thought it was going to be something that it ended up being a different story that was told. So, But it's still weird because Wendy is still being promoted as an EP for the doc. So you yeah. would have thought that they would have taken th this off or taken her name off. Her family has really come out and said that, you know, they're in the dark when it comes to Wendy's health and what's been going on with Wendy. They're saying that this new or this, this court appointed guardian and Wendy's uh, medical team have been keeping them in the dark as far as her uh, aphasia um, uh, diagnosis, as far as any of her uh, health updates. And they're just saying, you know, they don't even know who this woman is. They've never met this lady. This is just seems like a very messy situation. Again, you have Wendy's name on the project, but then you have the guardian who's in charge of her saying that she doesn't want it to air. My name is Vince from Miami, Florida. I personally think that Lifetime should really back away and at least pause this temporarily because everybody doesn't know what's going on. Family members don't know what's going on. I think Lifetime you know, should do the right thing and, and, and pause this at least temporarily. It's not going to happen. It's going to air yeah. tomorrow night. It is not going to happen. If anything, and I don't want to be crass about it, this has gotten so much publicity, yeah. there's no way. Right. It's almost like, like it would have flew under the radar if no one said it. I don't know it would have flown under the radar. But now everyone's going to watch. Right, yeah. right. Okay, we are going to shift gears here. I love this story. And I, I get it, too. Oh, me too. I love this story. Natalie Portman, who is just a fantastic actress, slash movie star, yeah. says that movie stars may be dinosaurs that are headed for extinction. She was talking to Vanity Fair. I, j I love this story I because right. I think it's true. No, and we've dealt with this, but I'll get to that. Oh, yeah. So she said, the striking thing has been the decline of film as a primary form of entertainment. Mm. It feels much more niche now. She goes on, if you ask someone my kid's age about movie stars, 
They don't know anything compared to YouTube stars or whatever. It's so true. It, it, it's it, so true. It, it is. And I think we, and I said, we've dealt with this because, you know, we would, we pitch these stories in the morning meeting. And I remember there was a time when we didn't pitch YouTubers. You know, Jake Paul, we didn't really talk about YouTubers, him. TikTokers. Now these guys, Harvey, Mr. Beast has hundreds of billions of streams. The movie theaters are nearly extinct. I mean, they literally almost went out of business during COVID. And I think these YouTubers, these TikTok stars have actually become bigger. Yeah, yeah you guys, you're right. And like, you, you guys are both touching on the same points. Movie theaters are dying. People really aren't going to the movies anymore. They're streaming a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Now there's like Netflix actors coming out that you've never really heard of. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like A-listers used to be the movie stars. And I would argue... They really still are the movie, the A-listers, but this kind of goes back to the Billie Eilish thing. Remember just like last week, totally. she was at the People's Choice Awards, or was it earlier this week? I'm losing track of memory. Yeah, anyway, no, last week. No, you're right. Exactly. Yeah, Sunday, so she was yeah. at the People's Choice Awards, and she was caught saying, what are all these TikTokers doing here? And the sentiment, at least is what I gleaned, was they're not stars. They're not A-listers. Right. Yet, Natalie Portman seems to be realizing the truth. They are. They're yeah. the new A-listers. And if you read further into her interview, she's actually happy about it. She's saying this allows actors and, quote, real movie stars like myself to dabble in something where I don't need to do a commercial film to maintain my high status as a star anymore. I don't even have to worry about that because the YouTubers have hijacked it. I can actually do movies that I care about, artistic movies, indie movies, movies that I care about. The commercial, the, basically Hollywood is pivoting away from like movies. They're going more into TikTok, more into yep. YouTube, social media. And that's allowing actors like herself to kind of be quote free. That's sort of what she said here. You know what, Fabian? I, everything you said is so true. And I'm just thinking to myself, Billie Eilish is like half the age of Natalie Portman, mm -hmm. yet Natalie gets it right. more than Billie. You think it'd be the other way around. You think yeah, it'd be the other Billie way around. Billie sounds like the old lady, Natalie sounds There's like a the, power the, the, the struggle. new younger, that's right. There's a power struggle it's happening. It's really true. I'm Aaron Guloff from Eastvale, California, and I definitely think YouTube stars are the next thing. You know, like I was just at my friend's house, he has a six-year-old, he was watching YouTube the whole entire time, so he's growing up with these people. But our movie stars, I still think they're more glamorous, yeah. but who knows? Maybe some of these YouTube stars will eventually become a movie star because I don't think long-form content's going away like movies. Well, yeah. except when you say that YouTubers are the next thing, they're already a thing, yeah. and they're almost being replaced by TikTokers. So right. we're, we're way down that <laughs> road right now. Um, I want to start this by saying that we have just completed a fascinating documentary, um, which you're going to be seeing soon, hopefully, uh, on AI, where we did something that really no one has ever seen before or done. This is Literally. something we've been working on for nine months. Um, and this documentary really does raise questions about the utility and the peril of AI, because what it could do would be to greatly enhance humanity. It could also be responsible for destroying yeah. it. So that's one of the reasons that we wanted to bring our next guest on. His name is Charles Oppenheimer. He is the grandson of the great J. Robert Oppenheimer, who was responsible for the nuclear bomb. Yeah. If you remember, during his lifetime, um, J. Robert Oppenheimer talked about his regrets about doing just that. Yeah. And his grandson, is echoing some of the perils that his granddad felt, and he is joining us right now. Charles, welcome to TMZ Live. Thanks, uh, thanks for having me. Um, I might 
put a finer point on regrets because my grandfather was kind of uh, clear about that if you'd like me to go into that part. Uh, I, I would actually, yeah. I'd love to know because what I've read was that he he really had misgivings about a nuclear bomb that could ultimately be responsible for destroying the world. Sure, um, you know, and the way you frame it, and I think actually the Christopher Nolan movie was very um, true to this, is that he never spoke of regrets for doing his duty during a war. Um, you know, it was a terrible thing. All kinds of people were involved in in a war. So he he didn't speak in his life about saying, I wish I hadn't done that. But what he was really focused on is that if we have to go through that much development and get to the point where we make bombs like that, how should we manage it? And that's really what he spent just turned his his voice to. It wasn't a sudden realization, oh my God, what have I done? I regret this. It, it's that they saw this progression going where we could go into an arms race where countries escalate the creation of technology that threaten us all, or logically, he thought, um, give the advice that we don't do that. We recognize the risk and we work on it together, which is fundamentally a human relations issue more than a, a technology. What I've been losing sleep over, and I really mean that, is when the genie is out of the bottle and then human beings are responsible for managing it. Yep. I mean, and you look at what's going on today with Iran, you know, and with Russia and with China and the United States, you know, you gotta, you gotta wonder and worry, is it manageable right. when human beings and sometimes human beings with bad motives are responsible for doing that? And the same thing would apply to AI, don't you think? Yes, it doesn't seem to be stoppable by any one decision or people's feelings about it. And then you extend that to how could we possibly manage it? Um, you know, what are people's intentions? You can't just create a law when something has passed around the world. Um, I like to dip into the past to these kind of geniuses who set, set the, the course, uh, including Robert Oppenheimer's views. And what, what he believed is that you know, we're in this new paradigm um, that was mostly demarcated in, in July 16th, 1945, the explosion of the first atomic bomb, making us, we, we have to admit that we have a global inter, interdependence on each other. And humans have this instinct to say, I can create more technology, I'll create more secret bombs faster, and I'll be more powerful than you, and I'm the good guy. So that's good for everybody. That's what we tried in the United States. And so the only way out of that is say, you know, I'm willing to work with somebody on the other side, somebody who isn't considered an ally to because we have to. That's the world that we're in now, the threats of climate change, nuclear weapons, and developing exponential technology. I am clearly a lot older than you. Um, and I remember, even as a kid, I remember the Cuban Missile Crisis. And mm. I was conscious of how close we were to nuclear war. And then I watched you know, this kind of reckoning in the world saying, oh my God, what are we doing? Yeah. And it felt safer. It doesn't feel safe to me anymore. And I'm, I'm just gonna be honest about it. When it comes to AI, when it comes to climate change, when it comes to the prospect of nuclear war, I'm not optimistic anymore. What about you? I find myself in an optimistic uh, position, you know, nuclear energy, I, I, I promote that for its benefits to mankind. And I think that we can take these few threads and not say, I don't agree with you, Republican or Democrat or Russia or China about everything, but let's find these few areas that we have to work together effectively because 
we have to, you know, the, the, if there's geopolitical tensions, every problem in the world just escalates and gets incredibly worse. And if we just had a little bit of room of saying, we're not going to escalate conflicts, we can deal with the most difficult things imaginable, like, you know, fossil fuel trans, uh, transitions, um, AI is moving so fast without that framework of cooperation, it, it, it can be scary. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go down on the optimistic side. Uh, I have no choice but to be optimistic and try. Fair enough. I'm happy to hear you say that. We got to hear about the Oppenheimer Project, something that yeah. you're working on that's so good. By the way, we should mention that you've signed an open letter about the perils of this and managing the things we've talked about. Tell us about the project. The Oppenheimer Project, I, I started um, a number of years ago to support my grandfather's views and make his advice and uh, example in the world present in today's world. And so I'm doing a lot of things like advocating for greater international cooperation, especially with difficult allies um, that I mentioned, um, promoting nuclear energy as a peaceful use and eventually trying to turn the 10,000 nuclear weapons that we have in the world into uh, 10,000 nuclear reactors that are producing carbon-free energy. Um, so those are some examples of things I'm trying to do in the real world, not just the uh, movies. Well, I got to tell you, um, you make me a little less pessimistic. Yeah. So I got you, man. we're going to do that. <laughs> you really can. Know. You call you us every work. day and, and <laughs> walk us off the ledge. Uh, but it's such an honor having you on. Really, it's uh, it, it, it is um, it really is a moment for yeah. me just being able to talk to you and what you're doing and you know just the the greatness of you know how brilliant your grandfather was. So thank you so much for for joining us. Sure. Thanks for having me. Really, really Thanks, appreciate Charles. it. Wow. Okay, uh, we are going to take a break. All right, when we come back, NBA superstar Kevin Durant confronts a heckling fan in Dallas. This is a moment you do not want to miss. I don't think the fan thought that KD was actually going to walk over. We'll show you the video next on TMZ Live. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to TMZ Live. Harvey and Babcock here. There was a super tense moment in an NBA game last night involving one of the best basketball players ever. So Kevin Durant yeah. was in Phoenix with his son's teammates playing the Dallas Mavericks. Now, Harvey, as they are walking onto the court to practice, to warm up for the game, there were two fans sitting courtside who yelled something like fans typically do at the players. The difference here is that KD heard and actually confronted them. Watch this. Podcast. Oh my Listen, God. Listen, th this happens all the time. That's so that the, guy won essentially because now we can go on the podcast. Well, I, yeah, whether he gets Kevin Durant, I, I would think probably not. This is something that happens, especially at basketball games because the fans are right on top of the players. Some guys ignore it. Kevin Durant's not that type of guy. If he hears it, he will confront you. And 
And that's exactly what happened. He's actually being called soft online because a lot of people are saying, why are you letting this get to you if it happens so many times? But I think Kevin Durant is just saying, look, if they're gonna call me a bitch when I'm running by, call me a bitch to my face and no one's really gonna do that. You know, it's Kevin Durant and they respect him. That's why he didn't get them kicked out. He actually responded to this. Um, here's what he said. Yeah, after the game, he told Arizona Central, I know the people wanna pet the animals in the zoo, but once they get close, they realize you're real human beings too. So you should treat us like that. I could have had them kicked out. Nah, don't put that on me. They just called me a bitch. They didn't try to harm me physically. Let them stay and give them something to think about going forward. Warning issued. <laughs> yeah. Warning You, you know what? Don't, let's be honest. Those tickets are really expensive tickets that close, like thousands of dollars. He could have gotten them kicked out before a basket was scored. See, he didn't. But the reason I think this whole thing was intentional and that guy kind of won. Yeah. He, who says, oh, I have a podcast. Right. He's pushing his podcast. <laughs> And he got what he wanted, right. which is the attention. Right. He got under his skin, right. under Kevin's and, skin. And it's not just from scrum, scrub player, too. I mean, he is a, a first ballot Hall of Famer, one of the best ever. What's up? It's Ra. I'm calling from Georgia. And I say don't engage unless you're willing willing to go all the way. Because let's say if those same fans hit KD, then he takes the biggest loss in that situation. So I say, yeah, stay away from him. Who was yeah. it? Who was it? Was it Ron Artest? Who was it that like went in the from malice the- at the palace? Yeah. yeah, I mean that was, which is one of the darkest moments in NBA history. But that's, that's what, what I was could thinking. Of. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Okay, we're gonna move on. Uh, Love is Blind is a huge hit for Netflix, um, and if you've been following this, it's actually kind of hysterical. There's a woman named Chelsea who is on the show, and when she was trying to get picked by that dude, um, when he didn't know what she looked like. Um, she suggested that she's often been confused for Megan Fox. <laughs> the other woman that was vying for his attention said, you're gonna be sorry if you pick her. Well, not only did he pick her, and not only was he surprised, but he's engaged to her now. But there's a whole thing now, this backlash, right. where people are saying, oh, right. maybe not the only like person, Megan. yeah. You don't yeah. look like Megan Fox, that's ridiculous. <laughs> so mean. And she's getting torched online for it. Well, yeah, I mean, I personally don't see it. I guess yeah, she, me, me neither, Devin. She, she kind of says that it's the dark hair and, and her eyes, so maybe, maybe you could see it there. But yeah, she's been obviously getting absolutely killed for this. But what's really messed up is, so I watched the show, she kind of said it, at least the way Netflix edited it, she said it like, oh, um, you know, if I had like a celebrity doppelganger, sometimes people have said I kind of look like Megan Fox. But what Netflix left out was that that guy, Jimmy, said that he looked like Christian McCaffrey. Oh, okay. So it's like so they that, deserve each other. Yeah, it's like it's like that's a pretty big Devin, part to cut out. But Devin, Devin, she, she vaguely, vaguely looks like him. Are I you mean, saying she doesn't look like me? Well, no, no, no. But I mean, when Devin, what you're saying is this guy looks nothing like him. A little. Vaguely, maybe. No. Do you think maybe a little? I don't see it whatsoever. But if there's anyone she should be mad at, it's Netflix for this edit. <laughs> now, by the way, when, it's not over. It's no, not over. no, it's not. So um, earlier this week, uh, another episode dropped, and this didn't go away. She described Perfect. what she looked like. Who do I always see on the plane? Oh, uh, Carrie Underwood and Carrie Underwood. I Megan, see. Fox. Megan Fox. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You thought I was lying. She looks like Adele, if anything. She looks like Adele. You're absolutely right. right. She, like Adele. she absolutely totally does. looks like Adele. I'm kind of changing my stance. She did bring it up again when her <laughs> friends were around. So it's like, dude, come on, let it go. Well, she didn't let it go because she says she, 
She says she contacted somehow or tried to contact Megan Fox. Oh, no. I did reach out to her, meaning Megan Fox, <laughs> and I was like, I'm so sorry I did this to you. I'm just waiting for Megan to respond. Don't hold your breath. Hold your <laughs> breath. Hey, it's Ian from Canada. Uh, probably one of the top five Brad Pitt lookalikes in my country. I see uh, it, Ian. Friends. I just want to say that this is lighthearted. I think it's hilarious. It's kind of like an episode of Nailed It, but while looking at your own reflection in the mirror. I, <laughs> I don't want to take it too seriously, but I just love watching this stuff because, you know, people put themselves up. I like to see them build each other up, you know? I am you know so what? impressed with you. Yeah. She totally looks like she Adele. Looks like Adele right? I couldn't put my yeah. finger on no, it. I, I, I was thinking, right when I was watching her, I'm like, who is that? It's Adele. It, I do see a little, a little Christian, Christian McCaffrey. Like so look, we've been talking all week about uh, the Kelly Rowland dust-up at the Today Show where mm. she walked out because the dressing room wasn't up to par for her. Too small. And look, there is an interesting money element to all of this because she's out there promoting her movie, Mia Culpa. She had a big splashy event in L.A. Yeah. last night with a lot of celebrities who showed up. Uh, but ultimately, she wants to promote this movie. And now, every time she goes on a show... First thing they ask her about is the dressing room at the Today right. Show. It seems like the movie's been completely overshadowed. So the question, though, is it good business, is it bad mm. business to do what she's doing? Because I see both sides Me of it. Too. So we're going to follow the money today uh, with our buddy Damon John, who joins us right now. Damon, first of all, happy birthday. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't see you there. <laughs> ah. Um, Look at that. I love the hat. Wearing this hat for one reason, one reason only, because it is my birthday and I want to annoy my wife. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's really great, if you go back to the picture there, what's really great is we almost have a full Batman costume. We do. <laughs> we have the Joker and the Penguin. So and you just being Batman. Thank God the AWOL sneakers are two inches higher because now the Penguin's a little taller, but this is a great uh, <laughs> LA artist named Sean Flores. I, like, I love to... I love to Oh, no, but let's it, talk about Kelly. What's going so, on? Okay, so my real question is, because you're so good at this, you're so good at marketing. She is there marketing a movie. So just in terms of somebody in a situation like this, is it a good idea to address it or does it kind of drag you into it? Or is it a better idea to ignore it? Because you know you're going to get a question, but at least then you got a shot mm -hmm. at just saying, look, I'm not going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about my movie. Which is better? Well, first of all, drama is always good. Joanne, uh, uh, Joan Rivers told me a long time ago before she passed away, you either have to cry or faint on a set so you're famous for the rest of your life. So uh, this is a version of bringing attention to it. I think that if she has, uh, today's show is a great, great outlet. I think that if she has something to say about it in a negative manner, she will not be allowed back there. So why say that? And I got to tell you, one time I was on a, a game show and I, I had, I don't know, some, one of my companies was Shark Tank. You always let me promote anything I have. I had a sweatshirt on. I'm in the dressing room. I hear a guy outside. I didn't know anything about it. I heard him say, I don't care who he is. He can't wear any logos. I already had something else ready. I didn't know the policy there. I wish I would have caught him because I went out to want to go, listen, I don't need your stupid A game show, buddy. Listen here. You know what? Now you're going to be without somebody because you decided to be an But I said to myself, because I overheard it. We don't know if she walked in that dressing room and she was like, hey, guys, what's going on? And somebody said, ah, she's lucky she even has a dressing room. We don't know what happened, but we're talking about the movie right now. And I think that's the great thing because she is a great person. 
and she deserves she deserves a fair shot. We yeah, don't can, have can, can, I, I, I got to tell you something, David. I'm wearing this right now because this, this guy made me change. <laughs> I literally made him change. 10 I just found ago. this in my. So everyone out there who is saying I look terrible, it's this guy's fault. <laughs> it's true. He was. Wearing, I just went to my car. He's wearing a Nike sweatshirt, and I said, "You can't do that." It was exactly what you da- were talking David, about. And David, I said, "Like Nike needs me." <laughs> That is hysterical. Come on over. Come on over, baby. I got room. We're hiring. I got room, baby. Don't be treated like that any longer. That is so hysterical. Can I put my sweatshirt back? No, I'm kidding. Okay, look. I got to ask you. What are you doing for your birthday, man? I'm doing absolutely nothing, you know, for my birthday. uh, I hate, 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 hate when people say that it's their birthday, they make it your pressure. Oh, my birthday's a month. My birthday. I only use that pressure on my family immediately. I am celebrating life and being grateful for my birthday, the fact that I can be on here with you guys. I have my health. And you know what? I have way more amazing things in my life. And if anybody wants to give me a gift, give me a gift by donating some time to charity. God is good. I didn't color my beard today because I earned this for my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting great. I got to try thinking of it like that. Oh, That's the way my to do it. God. Um, That's awesome. Hey, man. listen, man. Happy birthday. You are just the best. And we just love having you on every week. I'm doing my mastermind mixer in uh, L.A. on Tuesday. I know you go to bed at 7 because you wake up at 3, but any of your family, come on over. It's going to be the room of the most interesting people. Remember when um, he used to throw a Playboy after dark? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. So, so if you're a friend of mine, uh, you know, hit me up. Come on and see me. Maybe I'll be doing Heads Up with J.B. Smooth and Dion Cole and some funny stuff in the room and having a good time. But thank you all. And I wish Kelly all the best. I don't want to take away from her shine. She really deserves it. Amazing person. She does indeed. Yeah. By the way, swag hat there too. I gotta say, I'm gonna. You know, I was wearing it for Little Damon in the past, but I think I might start doing this now on a regular basis. You know, I it like looks great it. on you. Baby. I like it. You pulling that thing <laughs> off, man. This whole thing. This whole thing. All right. Thanks, uh, okay. Happy man. birthday, Thank David. You, Bye. Look. Beyonce's, I'm a big country music fan, and I love Texas Hold'em by Beyonce. I think it's great. I can't wait for her album, actually, and the song has shot up on the charts, and Beyonce's never ventured into this area before. So you may have heard about John Snyder talking about the fact that Beyonce is is moving from pop to country, and it's like a dog peeing to make its mark, which is dog whistling, to say the least, in a literal and figurative sense. Well, she doesn't need John Snyder. She's got the queen of country. Dolly Parton weighed in, and here's what Dolly said. Dolly said, I'm a big fan of Beyonce and very excited that she's done a country album, so congratulations. I'm trying to do my Dolly here. I hear it. Congratulations on your Billboard Hot Country number one single. Can't (laughs) wait to hear the full album. Case closed. Of course Dolly loves this. One, Dolly's no stranger to crossovers herself. She's had a bunch of pop crossovers. She just released her first rock record. And Dolly Parton had the first number one country song written by a black woman way back in 1980. And that woman was Donna Summer, who was the queen of disco, but wrote a number one country hit. That blows my mind. I didn't know that until you said that in the morning meeting today. That blows my full circle. Hey, Eric, real quick. Did Donna Summer write her hits? She wrote a lot of them, yeah. It was the producers that made all the disco stuff, but she worked with other people. And Donna Summer, she prided herself on being a songwriter. Did she write Hot Stuff? Mm, I'm not sure if she wrote that one or not. I'm not sure. Did she write Last Dance? Uh, wait, no. Maybe. (laughs) I'm trying to think who won the Oscar for that. By the way, listen to Eric's podcast. (laughs) Yeah, he knows everything. Like, literally... (laughs) 
<laughs> Eric, crazy. Eric is a music savant. It's crazy. Hey, what's up? It's Toria in Detroit. And I was already on board with Beyonce doing country, but now Dolly Parton, an icon in country music, has agreed. And if she likes it, I love it. I love Dolly Parton. What else you guys want to talk about? Hi, I'm Bernadette. I'm from Atlantic Beach, New York. Um, you know, this Brandy Glanville uh, mess going on with the Real Housewives, I just think this whole thing is just a disaster. It's time to put the girls' trip out of its misery and you know, <laughs> knock it the boat once and for all. Because it, it just, just throw the whole thing away. Start all over again. It's a mess. Ain't going to happen. <laughs> One more. Hi, Tanea from Hartford, Connecticut. Um, we all miss Wendy Williams, and we all want to know what is going on. But I understand her team trying to stop the story and, you know, respecting people's privacy. But again, it's Wendy Williams. Did she respect anyone's privacy? It could go either way. Um, but I am curious to know what's going on. Yeah, everybody's curious. Yeah. And it sounds like her family is curious, yeah. too. Everybody's in the dark. This, this show tomorrow is going to get big numbers. So Kanye West is kind of leading a nomadic life. He is in different countries depending on the week. Sometimes he's yeah. in the United States, but a lot of times he's not. He has ventured to Milan, which kind of makes sense. They're having their big fashion show right now. And Bianca is with him. Check this out. She wore that? Yeah. Uh, she was traveling? She, well, I don't know whether she wore oh, a plane. <laughs> right, yeah, really. but, they just wave you right through TSA. Like, right. you don't have anything on. Well, she wore wow. a fashion show. Oh, wow. I got to say, she is incredible. Oh, she's gorgeous. It's, but my it's God. A, she, it's like she wears less and less clothing every time she goes out. And you know her not only influencer, but Svengali is Kanye. So he is doing... I think for her, what he did for Kim. Right. It really made her a, a fashion icon. You, you may like it, you may not like it, but you notice it. And especially in Milan, where they're having the fashion show right now, to be noticed in Milan yeah. is a big deal. I, I guess my question would be, does she like it? Is she comfortable dressing like that? If she is, then great. Yes, She's I not. am, I right, am you can't comfortable <laughs> wearing that. <laughs> no no fast movements. No fast movements. <laughs> Have a great weekend. We'll see you Monday.